Hey, I'm Jonathan Alexander. And I'm Elena Getzenberg. And you're listening to Panthers Tracks. Uh, we have a special guest today on the episode, Panthers wide receiver Brandon Zilstra. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. We we like you said before we started. We really appreciate you joining us. Um, you know, we wanted to talk to you. You have a scholarship that you started first of all, and, and also wanted to talk a little bit about the season. Um, but if we could start, you know, uh, with this scholarship, can you tell us a little bit about it and and kind of had how you became interested? I know you're from Minnesota. Yep. Um, so, you know, being from Minnesota, um, coming from like a smaller community, you know, I, I didn't deal with racism very, very much. I guess it wasn't that much in my life, even though, you know, my best friend growing up since I was four years old was black. Um, but like, honestly, like whenever people did or ever said anything to him, he, he just like, he always played it off so cool. He would laugh about it sometimes. Maybe, you know, he'd shoot something back real quick and we'd all kind of laugh about it. And so, like, he just never made it a big deal. And so, like, honestly, growing up, and I always tell people, I was like, you can call me naive, you can call me whatever you want, but, like, I just didn't know racism was as prevalent as it actually is. You know, until social media started becoming more popular and people started sharing videos and started documenting everything, um, that's when I started to see a little bit more. But, you know, kind of fast forwarding, um, I was in Minnesota um, I, I actually just left Minneapolis when the whole George Floyd thing kind of went on. And, uh, you know, I consider Minneapolis my home. I, I have a ton of friends there, a ton of family members there. Um, I lived there for a few years. And so, like, when all that was going on, that just kind of struck me different. Um, you know, it just hit close to home. Um, and I, I just kept telling, you know, I was calling other people, like former teammates and former friend, or, uh, friends from, like, around the country, really. And... You know, just trying to explain to him, I was just like, man, that's not Minnesota. That's not us. You know, we're such nice people. Like, I hate that we're getting this rap. Like, we're not racist and stuff. And uh, then you just start seeing and hearing more stories. You know, I was just reaching out to friends and uh, just really just trying to listen to them and hear different stuff they've been through and, um, you know, how I, how I guess I could personally help. Because the only thing I could do at that point, anytime I called anybody, is I would just apologize. I was just like, you know, I'm, I'll be the first to admit I didn't know it was as bad as it was, but, like, I'm here now, like, what's up? Like, what can we do? And so, like, the first thing that we tried creating is I started reaching out to a bunch of different, uh, just, I guess, people of influence in Minneapolis and was trying to organize some, like, kind of city cleanup because that's when all the riots were happening and stuff. And I just thought that'd be a cool way to show, like, unity and uh, just really bringing people together um, of all backgrounds to support, you know, one city and um, just kind of show support and, like you said, just kind of unite and, uh nobody everybody loved the idea but nobody actually wanted to do it because nobody felt safe at the time and so we kind of just kind of put that to rest and then you know football starts uh picking up again so that was kind of my focus for a while and so i i told myself at that point though i was just like brand you have to do something like you have to, you have to do something to try to make a difference um don't care how big how small it is but you got to do something and then um kind of fast forward up until i don't even know what it was it was a couple months ago um, my marketing team presented uh, bold dot bold.org to me, which is, it's just a, you know, a scholarship creation where anybody can kind of create a scholarship. Um, you can get your own backing and whatnot. 
And when she kind of presented that to me, that, that also hit home to me because unlike a lot of my teammates and other people I've played with, like I went to a division three school, so I didn't have the scholarship coming in. I had to pay for my own school. And, you know, coming out of, you know, anybody can relate that's went to, you know, a school has a lot of debt. Mine was a private school. So, um, you know, coming out of college, I was big time in debt and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pay for that while I'm paying for my training and everything. And it was just, it was super, super hard on me. And so like, yeah, when this bold.org um, came along, I was just like, that's something I'm passionate about. Cause I personally had to deal with that myself, but I was just like, this is a great way to tie in, you know, my promises that I made to myself before. And so, uh, you know, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, you know, a couple months of working and brainstorming, trying to put everything together. And then uh, Alyssa with my marketing team and I, um, you know, finally came together with the, the road less travel scholarship, put it together and it's up and running. And honestly, it's been, it's been so cool to see this kind of going. Yeah. The, the support I've had has been unbelievable. The amount of people that have reached out and wanted to help, um, wanted to help promote, wanted to help kick it out to their students. Um, honestly, all that, I just think has been so cool. And, um, honestly, like the next part of this that comes, like we've, we've raised, I think, you know, just, just over $8,000 now, which has been amazing. So, you know, it's almost 4k, 4k a student, which is awesome. Um, but I'm, I'm honestly really looking forward to like this next step. And that's when the applications start coming in because I have it set up where bold.org is going to, they're going to like filter out, um, a bunch of like the applications and stuff. So I'm able to actually read them. So I'm going to try to read at least at, at the minimum 25 of them right now. So I can really, cause I, I was just like, I want to be the one to be able to pick the winner. Cause I want to actually relate to these people and like, see if I can, you know, see if I can really relate, see if I can see where their passion's at, see if I can see their vision and whatnot, and then just try to help them out from there. So that's, that's kind of the next step is wait for these applications to come in so I can start jumping on top of that and uh, you know, find somebody to actually present it to. What was your, you kind of mentioned this briefly, but did you have like an expectation of for like, okay, I think this many people will reach out and it kind of went past that or how, how did it measure you up to your expectations? Yeah, my, my original goal was um, because I had no idea what, what this was about to be like, what the kind of support I'd have and whatnot. And so I said, my original goal was only $2,000. I said, that's $1,000 per kid. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I was just like, that could go a long ways. You know, maybe that inspires someone to go to college and just knowing that they have that thousand dollars behind their back or something. And so uh, we, we hit that within uh, it was honestly the first couple hours. And so I was ecstatic. And then I immediately was just like, well, you know, if I can get to two thousand dollars in um, you know, a couple hours, I should easily be able to at least get five K. I was like, let's get five K, twenty five hundred a student. I was like, that would be a big, you know, big burden kind of take it off your back. And you know, just with the help of everybody else that's been kind of reaching out and honestly doing stuff like this, this uh, interviews, podcasts, anything like that has been helping a ton. Um, just just getting the scholarship out there and just letting people know about it and whatnot. Um, and like I said, I think we're at like 8K now. So it's been it's been super cool. But the new goal is obviously set at 10K now. Um, <laughs> that, that As soon as we hit 5K, I was just like, oh, we have to go 10K. We have to go 10K. Now. It's a nice <laughs> round number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And this scholarship helps black students who, who have faced adversity, correct? Yeah. So, like, where that kind of came from is that, you know, the grow, growing up, I knew I wanted to play football since I was in kindergarten, preschool. And, uh, you know, it's always looked at as a far-fetched dream, uh, out, you know, an unrealistic goal type thing. 
And, uh, you know, I kind of heard that a few times growing up, but it got to the point where I just stopped telling people my goal. I was just like, I don't need to tell them that I'm doing this. I don't need to hear the haters. I don't need that extra motivation. I'm just going to do this on my own type thing. And uh, so that's what I kind of put in the scholarship title or in like the bio is that I want to, I don't just want to hear your passion. I don't care if it has anything to do with sports. I just want to hear like that same drive that I have. I want to hear that in your own words. I want to hear, you know, what you're trying to do with that, what you think you might go through. Um, and then I talked about like that adversity part because I mean, as, as everybody knows, as everybody knows, like life happens, there's so much stuff that's just out of your control. Like you can paint out the prettiest picture and something is going to go South at some point. So I just want to hear, I just wanted to hear like at least one time you went overcame adversity in your life or, you know, what you think you might overcome going along this journey. Um, just cause it, I mean, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen at some point. Like everything can be super pretty until the tippy top. And then all of a sudden you might shoot down. Like, um, so I, I just wanted to like, you know, kind of relate to them at that point, or at least let them know that adversity is going to be coming at some point. So, you know, kind of be ready for it. Um, learn how to deal with it. Yeah. So, you know, Brandon, uh, me and Elena are super observant. And I guess, I guess it comes with our jobs, but one thing I always noticed, uh, especially with you, um, you know, during the national anthem, you and Joey Sly are, are one of two white teammates who always put your hand on the shoulder of your black teammates who are protesting uh, police brutality. Um, I guess when did you decide, you know, to do that and, and, and kind of what in, went into your decision? Because, you know, players, you don't have to do that, but, you, you, you know, you chose to. Um, for me, it comes down to, you know, I had conversations, like I said, that this stems back to like the, the whole George Floyd thing in like March, um, last March, um, having different conversations with some of my friends, um, seeing what was, you know, when this time comes up, you know, when the national anthem comes up, what would be a good way to show support? What, what do you think I should do? You know, how, how, whatever, you know, just having a bunch of different conversations and stuff, but ultimately I just wanted to be there for my teammates. I didn't want anybody to feel like they were standing alone. I didn't want anybody to feel like they were fighting this battle on their own. And so, uh, you know, it's uh, Stephen Weatherly was the first person. Um, I saw him kneel day one. And so I went over to him. I'm actually his roommate. I'm in his house right now. <laughs> but, uh, so I went over to him and just put my hand on his shoulder. Didn't, didn't have to say anything. Just let him know that, you know, I'm there for him. And then, um, you know, he ended up getting injured throughout the year. So he wasn't there anymore. Ian Thomas and... Uh, Alex Arma, sorry, brain fart right there. But, uh, you know, they, they were putting their fists in the air at one point. And when Steven was gone, I was just like, you know, these two guys are standing by themselves. I was like, I'm going to go show my support to them now. And so I just did something as simple as, you know, just putting my hand on their back. And then um, anybody that was doing some kind of, you know, gesture like that, um, afterward, I'd just go, you know, dap them up and just be like, hey, I see you. I see you. And that's all that needed to be said. That's all I ever said. And it was just that was just my way of showing my respect and showing my support to them. Just know that, you know, you're not in this fight alone. Like, I hear you. I see you. You know, I'm, I, I want to help. Okay. One, one question I have for you, and you kind of touched on this, but I feel like there's been a lot of learning. I know I've learned a lot, you know, in the past year or so that, like, I was ignorant of and that sort of thing. Do you feel like there's something, obviously, you know, you're starting the scholarship to help others and, you know, do what you can, but do you feel like there's something you've learned that you really didn't realize maybe like a year ago, just from talking to people and going, you know, with what you do? Um, honestly, I've, I've learned a ton. Uh, it just comes from, 
Like if that's the biggest thing people can get out of maybe this conversation is just go listen, just go talk to people, just go listen, see what they've been through. Um, see, see, you know, people always talk about white privilege and whatnot, and you, you might not realize it until you start hearing other stories from like the other side of things. You know, it's like, Oh wow. I, you know, I'm, I really have it easy in these kind of situations. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's easy to go back to the whole, the whole police thing. You know, I've been in cars where I, I mean, I, I've always felt kind of uneasy by cops. Not, not that I have had many altercations or anything, but like, you know, you've, you've always just seen and heard stuff in the news and whatnot. So that's something I've always been kind of uneasy about. And, you know, being in the cars with other people and seeing how other people respond and whatnot. Um, I guess that's kind of that, that was a little eye opening to me. Um, it's just kind of going through those. And that, that's just the first thing that comes to mind because, you know, that's what's in the news right now. And I'm sure I could, if I sat and thought about it, I could think of a bunch of better examples but that's that's what's fresh in my mind brandon you you caught a lot of passes uh, from teddy bridgewater we'd be remiss in, in in not asking you but you know the news came down that he was traded what what were your initial kind of thoughts uh it was funny because i i was uh just going out to um go catch punts and my mom texts me and she goes Oh, how do you feel that Teddy was traded? And I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "I know nothing about that." And then I get out to the field, and there's a there's a Denver receiver out there, and his first thing is, "Hey, we just got you guys a quarterback." And I was like, "I literally heard that two minutes ago from my mom." I, was like, I don't know any details about that. It's uh, you know, it's it's a crazy business. There's there's always a lot that kind of goes on, a lot of uncontrollable stuff. Um, wish Teddy nothing but the best. You know, he he was a great teammate to have. He was a great leader. Um, I think a lot of guys looked up to him. A lot of guys respected him. And I think he's going to go do his thing out in Denver now, for sure. You, I know you signed a new contract this offseason. And I know a little bit about your connection with your agent and why it's a little more special. But I just wanted to know if you wouldn't mind sharing why this contract maybe meant a little more. Yeah, this this contract uh, was one of the one of the coolest ones I kind of signed, I guess. Because um, so th- this, one, this one goes back, what, 15 years or something like that. So... Uh, you know, I was talking about my my best friend growing up. Um, we he was always my accountability partner growing up. You know, we we always just made a promise to really push each other, never settle. You know, anything that a best friend should say to their you know to their best friend. But uh, in about seventh grade, we we made a promise that we were going to work together in some facet of life. And we always talked about how cool it would be to be a player agent because I always wanted to be a player. Um, he always wanted to be a he wanted to be either an NFL quarterback or an NBA point guard type person. But he was always, always thought agent, you know, the agency route was kind of cool. And he's always been super smart and good with numbers. And he can talk, this dude can talk to anybody and talk about the thing. And so he was just, he always just kind of had a knack for it. But, uh, you know, uh, time goes on and uh, he ended up playing basketball in college and has a, you know, a successful career. And I go on to do my football thing. And then after, after college, I went to go do football. He he decided he was going to go be a coach. He wanted to be an NBA coach or a D1, you know, college coach. And so he started pursuing that route and would did a GA position. He went and got his master's and then was like the recruiting coordinator for another school. And then he met up with Mike McCartney, who is a agent over at priority sports, um, you know, a well-respected agent out there. And, uh, you know, they, they just kind of formed a bond and Jamie, um, you know, kept pushing him, just drilling him with questions and whatnot, seeing how he can get in. He originally wanted to go into the basketball side of the agency thing, um, you know, and, you know, 
after I think eight or nine different rejections from Priority Sports, he finally, you know, that ninth or tenth time, um, finally got the okay, uh, passed all of his boards and every, all the certifications he needed, and you know, ended up signing an agency. And so, obviously, super pumped for him. And but like you know, the next thing comes up is he's just like, yeah, you know, we're gonna rep each other now and whatnot. And I was like, you gotta prove it to me first. I was like, I can't have my career in your hands. I said, like, you're my boy, you're my brother and everything. But like, I, you know, I was like, you got to prove it to me now. And I think that was super good for him because him hearing that really motivated him. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you don't think I'm ready yet? Watch me. And so his first year ended up just going off. He uh, he signed five players and two of them got drafted. And so wow, that's was, awesome. Yeah, it was great for his first year. And, uh, you know, after that, um, my brother was is going through the draft process, too and was going through it last year. And so we both decided, I was just like, I was like, you know what, Shane, if you're ready, I'm ready to go make the switch. And so we ended up making the switch and it's been, it's been so cool to work with him now. Um, just, you know, it's an open line of communication. I can call him at 2 AM and he has to answer. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't tell you how many times I've like, not even, yeah, it's, it's basically been threatened to fire him. And then, yeah, I can play that card with him. You know, I'll be like, hey, you know what? Go order me some food or I'm going to fire you. Know, <laughs> that. Uh, but to be able to have that kind of relationship, to have that openness, you know, he's going to tell me what I don't want to hear. I'm going to tell him what he doesn't want to hear. But, um, you know, it's, it's been a great partnership. And it's honestly been like, you know, our seventh grade, you know, goal or whatever that's finally manifested. So it's been it's been a super cool experience so far. That's awesome. Both, both <laughs> two friends get to eat at the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what? Well, let me ask. What was your uh, favorite moment from the 2020 season? I know you had that nice uh, punt fake uh, in the Kansas City game. What? What was your favorite moment? Uh, it wasn't that because I should have scored and I got so much crap from everybody for not scoring. So it's definitely not that one. Um, I don't know. An, e- an easy thing for me to say would be. Honestly, I'm I'm not even gonna say my touchdown because that that's the boring answer. But I'm gonna say actually making it through that camp last year. Um, that mm-hmm. was a it was a super it was a super stacked receiver room. It was a extremely hard competitive camp. Uh, one of the harder ones I guess I've been through, um, at least in the professional setting. Um, and like I said, it was just it was just a lot of talent in that room. A lot of there, there was just a lot going on. So to, do, be, to be able to make it through there, um, it was something I was definitely proud of because I think going into the year, I don't, I'm don't. i pretty sure they didn't have me making it through. Um, I'm pretty sure they had me last on the depth chart at receiver. So um, I was pretty proud of myself for actually coming through and, uh, you know, not just being a player on the team, but actually contributing contributing in some facets. Yeah. What, so, you know, what do you think it, it took for you, you know, to – to get on the roster, to make that team, to kind of stand out? Uh, it's definitely just buying into what the coaches want. And that's, you know, that, that's what it took a little bit to learn um, exactly what they're looking for and whatnot. But um, once I got it, I was just like, you know, they they truly want like tough, hardworking, competitive guys. And I was like, that's who I have to be. Granted, that's already kind of in my DNA anyway. But, you know, with all these super hungry guys that can't, like, you know, everybody's paying to feed their families and, you know, set up their futures or set up generational wealth and whatnot. Like, there's there's a lot of competition going on, but I, I thrive in competition. That's when I perform my best. So, you know, I was all about it. And I think, you know, just being around a bunch of hungry, competitive dudes just raised my level to the point where, 
you know, I told myself I wasn't going to be denied in a sense and ended up coming through. What are you kind of now heading, you know, heading into the second season under this coaching staff and all that, your expectations for yourself or maybe goals you've set for yourself to get to this offseason? Yeah, it's definitely just to build off what I have been doing. Um, you know, everybody has this dream to go out and make a splash and make a spark right away. But, you know, you're, you're dealing with the top 1% in the world. So, you know, it's a lot harder than it seems. Um, but I've been able to, you know, build a little bit every year. And so I'm just waiting for that. You know, it might just take one play to finally put your name out there or whatnot. So, um, you know, I'm just continuing to grind, continuing to do what I do, um, buying to the coach's system, um, try to develop, um, you know, rapport and just trust with all your coaches and teammates. And then just, you know, just be a reliable guy. Um, if they need me to go in there and be the number two receiver for that week, I'll be the number two receiver. If, you know, if, you know, if they don't need me to play this that week and only do specials, like that's what I'll do. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a role type player. Whatever you need me to do, I'm going to I'm going to get it done. Yeah. Brandon, what, I don't I don't know that there are too many D3 uh, guys in the NFL. Um, so I guess from from the outside looking in, you would think. um you know, it, it'd be a hard thing to kind of stick to to want to make it to the NFL when your path is so um, so deep or, or so hard. You, what what made you what made you believe that you could be an NFL player, and what kept you going? Um, like I said, I'm just a super competitive dude, and I'm I'm just somebody. You know, if you, if you if you really know who I am, you know I truly believe in myself, and I don't let people put limits on me. And so I always told myself, like if you know, if you want to do something, there's there's nothing that's really stopping you. Like, there's no excuse why you can't get something. You know, if you want it bad enough, you're going to figure it out. And that's the kind of me the mentality I've always kind of had and kind of ran with. And that's what's gotten me to this point in life. But uh, it's just really not not necessarily listening to other people. You know, I, I really bought into this is something that college, college coaches always preach is, you know, control what you can control. And I kind of took that and molded my entire life around it. Um, and just from doing that, my life has been so much better, you know, just not stressing about stressing out about things I can't control or things I have no input or say into and really just focusing on what I can control a lot of the time. And that's like, you know, your preparation, your work ethic, um, your attitude, you know, something, something as simple as those three things. And I just kind of take that and run with it. And, you know, that's put me in this position right now. So, um, that's something I'm a huge believer in. Yeah. Seems like a willingness to play special teams and like contribute in that way goes along with that, right? Like not every guy is willing to do that. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's the top one percent of the world, uh, top one percent of the sport. So like, if you, if you want to play, you're gonna have to do stuff you don't want to do. Um, granted, I'm, I'm at the point now where I've done specials for three years now. Granted, you know, I didn't I didn't do it much in high school. I didn't do it much in college. I did a little bit in the CFL my first year, but. So, like, I really got introduced to the special teams once I got to the NFL. So, like, I'm just slowly, slowly learning about it. And, uh, you know, the more I do it, the more I understand it, the more I like it. So, you know, it's becoming kind of my thing now. Returning some punts maybe this year if you were practicing practicing that today. Hey, I'm just an athlete out there. I'll do <laughs> they say. I'll, I'll be a quarterback if they need me to. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Speaking of CFL, how was it living in Canada for the – what? were you there two years? Yeah, I was there for two years. How, how was, was uh, living in there? Yeah, it, it was sweet. I mean, it's something. Canada was one of my most fun football experiences ever. 
um, just the game up there was just unbelievable. The fans and everything, and and like one of the thing, the most, the more underrated things about you know going up there to play is I was able to visit every major city, every major city in Canada, and was able to spend you know multiple days there, um, and just really get to see that. Otherwise, I don't think I ever would have made it up to. I mean, Saskatchewan isn't something to really go see, but like you know, your Toronto, your Montreal, your Vancouver, um, Ontario, just different different provinces and everything. I just I, I thought it was a super cool experience and something that I probably wouldn't have experienced if I hadn't played up there. So uh, I want to go see. I want to go visit Toronto, but I heard um, I don't know. Somebody told me either Vancouver or Montreal was beautiful. I can't Both. remember which one they said. Both of them. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver is, uh, it's just, it's like a lot like Seattle. <clears throat> it's like the same vibe as Seattle. And then Montreal is, it's completely different. It is, you feel like you're over in Europe. It's very, you know, everybody's bilingual. Um, French is like their number one language up there. Mm. Uh, but all the buildings and stuff are just completely different. Everything looks European style. So it's, it's definitely a cool vibe up there. That's interesting. I've never been to Canada, so yeah. you, now I want to go. You really want to go? You we can't travel anywhere right now. Toronto is <laughs> sweet too. I recommend going there. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, I guess just you know, just to wrap it up here soon. But is there anything maybe people don't know about you that you think you would want like Panthers fans to know, or just maybe something that people may not know by just like googling you or anything like that? Um, I am a. I'm obsessed with water skiing. Um, oh. <laughs> growing, up, growing up from Minnesota, or growing up in Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes, I spent every single day, and I'm, when I say every single day, I mean it, every single day when I, as a kid uh, on the water, whether it was like water skiing, um, fishing, a lot of times we just get tubes, fill up like coolers of water and food and stuff, and just float across the lake, and wherever we'd end up, we'd end up, like we just spent all of our time on the lake, but uh, yeah, so I grew up water skiing a ton, and used to, used to uh, compete nationally for that, and oh, wow. uh, that's something I don't get to do so much anymore. But I'm I miss it. I love it. Yeah. Do Do you ever hit up Lake Norman? I have been to Lake Norman a few times, and it's nothing like the lakes in Minnesota. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet. Interior lakes. Yeah, much different. Yeah, that's all about. I would have never thought that, but that's that you did it competitive. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't even know you could do that competitively. So that's I didn't either. It's a, it's a small community, but it's uh, <laughs> very passionate. So I guess just you want to tell us where people, if they want to donate to the scholarship, can find that information? Yeah, if, we, if you go to my Instagram and or Twitter handle, um, you, if you just search Brands Illustrated, it's it's in my, uh, in my bios. If not, you can just go to bold.org. And then you can either search Road Less Travel Scholarship or probably just Brands Illustrated. I'm sure it will pop up. Um, any donation is, you know, is more than appreciated. Um, I'm still looking for people to apply. I'm trying to get, push that out there for kids to apply. Cause I just, you know, more kids that apply, you know, more outreach and everything it is. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to really helping two different students. That's awesome. Well, well, thank you, Brandon. We, we really appreciate your time. You've been able to share your story, uh, share the information about the scholarship and, uh, Hopefully we can have you on uh, one day soon. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, yeah for thank sure. Thank you so much.